time to get those bonus miles. Here's your girl, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. I hope you all are doing uh, just awesome today. Uh, I have a very special guest. I, I want to, like, save all the lovelies that we normally do at the beginning. Uh, her name is Bonnie Gray. I want to get right to it because this will be one of our bonus miles episodes. Um, she has written a book that is called Sweet Like Jasmine. And um, we actually booked her a couple months ago and through through scheduling and all that kind of stuff. We, we're just now getting to talk to her. And I'm so, so honored. I want you guys to give a great warm welcome to Miss Bonnie Gray. Bonnie, welcome to the show. It's so good to be here, Autumn, to have a virtual cup of coffee with you. I know. It is. It's so good. I And I like that I can see you because sometimes I can't see people. So I can like see, I see like, you know, all the background and everything. Um, you have written a book, Sweet Like Jasmine, and this captivated my team's heart for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but tell me about the heart behind writing this book, Sweet Like Jasmine. Well, you know, I grew up as the daughter of a mail order bride from Hong Kong. I was born in San Francisco, Chinatown. So when I stepped out the door, I went to school. I was, you know, always shy about my family life and my upbringing because it was just so different. My father left when I was seven. So even when I went to church, I still kind of like hid certain parts of my story and my family life from everybody, not because I wanted to be fake or anything, but I just didn't think anybody could relate to the odd family dynamics and which I grew up in. And so I wrote this book because I felt like I never fit into any of the cookie cutter stories I would often read about. And I just wanted everyone to know that every woman's story is important and that God didn't make cookie cutter women of faith. So what is you, I've been prepped on all your story and I have your book right in front of me, which is absolutely beautiful. You guys, one of the prettiest books I've seen in a while. Um, so you, you are the product, you're a child from a mail order bride, which is that in itself is fascinating. Um, but you grew up Chinese, you are Chinese American, right? Yeah. And talk to me just about that piece of this book. I want I want to hear your side and how that sort of played into fitting in and, and things like that growing up. Well, I think, you know, we're all trying to find our identity. And so for me, being Chinese American was really attached to like how my story began. And my parents, they didn't get married by falling in love. And I think that, you know, I always kind of felt you know, whether it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or different holidays, you know, my family situation was so different. It seemed like I was always missing out on what it seemed like life was beautiful outside of my own life. So I've always trying to pursue what was beautiful. I didn't realize that actually God was saying, Bonnie, the life that you have is actually beautiful to me mm. because I love you. I don't want you to hide who you are anymore. So I think this book, this journey is about how God brought beauty out of my brokenness. I didn't realize that because I, I just grew up trying to be like everybody else. You know, when I went to school, I would kind of see, oh, what do other people talk about? Okay, I'll talk about those things. And then when I went to college, I was the first in my family to go to college. It was kind of odd because my mom didn't, she didn't even graduate from high school. 
and I grew up, you know, below the poverty line. So everything in my life seemed like I was always kind of looking outside of myself to find what's normal, quote mm. unquote. How do I just be, you know, reach the normal life? Mm. And it wasn't until I got married when I finally felt, oh, I have two kids. Now I'm quote unquote trying to build a normal family. Nobody mm. needs to know about my past. Nobody needs to know about my broken family. I'm going to start fresh with this new husband and new kids. It was then that I started experiencing panic attacks. Interestingly mm. enough, you know, after I've like survived all this dysfunction at home, my mom wasn't a loving mom. She's very verbally abusive. I mean, all these things I hid even from my friends at church because it seems kind of taboo to say, oh, my mom is not loving. It's almost easy to say my dad is like mean or, you know, he's absent, but how do you, how do you share that? Right. You're in your Bible study circles or small groups. How do you share something like that? Yeah. Okay. So you get married. Um, you've grown up just kind of trying to fit in and you start having panic attacks. I think this is really relevant to what a lot of people are dealing with right now. What was the source of those panic attacks? Well, see, that was, was interesting because I thought that I finally made it, right? Like um, I was a Bible study teacher in my church. I'm a Christian author. I'm a Christian blogger. Like everything was lining up for me to kind of, you know, have this life where I've always wanted. And I thought I finally arrived. And it was during this time that I, when I had my second baby boy, I have two boys, Josh and Caleb, and I even named them. After yes! The yeah. Why you like the name? I love the names. We just did a whole series on Joshua. I love it. Oh, yay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Joshua and Caleb. Even when I was pregnant with my second baby, I was like, please, God, can it please be a boy? I want to name him <laughs> Josh and Caleb. I love it. To remind myself, hey, I'm starting new, mm. um, you know, move forward. And yet it was in that moment when the second baby was born, as uh, moms know, uh, you realize, oh my gosh, I need to put this older kid in preschool. Yeah. I need two hours of sanity, even if it's for two times a week. So when I was signing him up, I was going through my files to look for his birth certificate. I stumbled on my own. Okay. And I never looked at it. I mean, I don't know. Do you ever look at your birth certificate? No, I don't even know where it is. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere, but <laughs> what'd you find? Well, exactly. So, I mean, it was just kind of thrown in that file cabinet. Suddenly I, I found it. I It was yellow, really old. I opened it up. I was like, oh, what is this? And it was my birth certificate. And as I looked at it, it reminded me. It said mother, age of mother, 18. My mom was 18 years old when wow. she got married to a stranger. Then it reminded me father. And it said occupation of father. And he's a busboy in a noodle shop. And it dawned on me for the first time. I don't know why I didn't think of it. I said, I thought one day my kids are going to ask me, where is our grandpa? Mm. Why, why don't we have a grandpa? And when did we come to America? Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know because my mom was the one that, you know, came over to marry my father because she was two out of eight children and they wanted to immigrate to America for a better life. Right. So she married a stranger so they could immigrate here. So, I mean, it was at that moment I realized I have no answers. And suddenly I said, I don't want my kids growing up with the shame that I felt growing up, which is 
I know nothing about my background. I know nothing about my father. I don't know why he left. Even, you know, my friends who came from divorced families, they would see their dad, you know, maybe every other week or every weekend. I, I would not know what to say. So I said, I don't want my kids growing up like that. So I decided to go on a search, Autumn, to find the father who left me. Mm. And that is the journey of this book is what did I discover when I decided to go back into my past and I went back to Chinatown to try to find my father. And um, that's when all these memories started surfacing. And I, I didn't know they would cause me anxiety and panic attacks. And Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because I, it was secret, you know, mm. like I was already involved in, you know, serving and my identity was not like an anxiety, depression stricken person. Yeah. So I rightly went to see a therapist and I was thinking, okay, let's just like figure this out and fix it. And nobody will know that I have panic attacks and depression and anxiety. I'd wake up with brain fog. So it's almost like you were living two separate lives. Like you were having these attacks at home, but then you were teaching the Bible study and doing the thing and being Miss, I got it all together. But you were dealing with really confronting things in your past that you didn't know until much older in life. Well, see, that's the thing, because I mean, I didn't know I was like, I wasn't upset. You know, I was just going back and, you know, thinking back about the memories of my childhood. But when I went to this therapist, I asked him, I said, you know, I don't know why I'm having anxiety or panic attacks. Like everything's good. I have a loving husband. I don't live with my mom anymore. You know, like I <laughs> like in my thirties. Um, actually I was 39. I got married later. I fell in love later, Autumn. I didn't get married or have kids till later. And I had been working already as a career woman. So I wasn't worried about money at that time. And he said, well, this is typical within like one minute. I said, he said, this is typical of PTSD. Wow. And I said, I don't have PTSD, you know, cause I immediately think soldier. Yeah. I've never been on a battlefield. I've never been, you know, physically assaulted. And he said, well, did you know, and this changed my life. He said, did you know that verbal abuse and emotional abuse has the same impact as physical abuse? Wow. Yeah. And I did not know that. Mm. He said, your body, your emotions, your mental uh, response is the same. It responds the same way. Mm. And I was still in denial. I was like, but why is it happening now? I've been through harder times when I was little. I was alone a lot. I was by myself. And he said, well, did you know that a soldier doesn't experience panic attacks or anxiety or depression when he's out on the battlefield? Mm. The soldier's wow. strong, resilient, helping others, being very resourceful. It's only when he comes home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When his body, his mind relaxes, he's no longer in danger. Mm. Wow. So he said, Bonnie, it's the opposite. There's nothing wrong with you right now. This is, you're safe. You're finally in a loving, peaceful relationship. And you're happy. And so I just want to share this with our listeners because many of us might be experiencing anxiety or depression and we're feeling like, oh no, what's wrong with my faith? What's wrong with me? I, I don't want anybody to think, you know, something's wrong with me. I don't want to be quote unquote prayed over, you know, or be like the problem person. Yeah, yeah. Right. But actually, as I learned, it changed my life because I realized, oh, well, if, you know, I had some physical injury. I wouldn't hide it. I'd tell my friends, right? If I'm sick or something, right? If I was in an accident or something, but why, why am I afraid to tell people of these wounds, the wounds that we carry on 
on our heart, it's same as wounds we might carry on our body or skin. So I decided, okay, well, God, if you're guiding me into this, this means you're allowing this to happen. You want me to heal. So then that's why I started my healing journey because I knew nothing about healing because I was the encourager. I was a cheerful yeah. one. I was the positive one. It's like, what? You want me to talk about all these things that are painful? Like, why? Why do I want to do that? So let's talk about that because I feel like that's what the Lord really has highlighted from your story. Um, I know right now, and probably you do too, Bonnie, so many people with the people that you work with are dealing with this PTSD from the last couple of years. And let me even say that even, even what the last couple of years hasn't affected, I think it might've triggered a lot of things that have happened 20 years ago in some people's lives. Um, God brought you on a journey of healing. And I think we all have at this point seen, okay, I've got a problem with depression or I've got a problem with anxiety or fear or whatever it is. I want to be set free. That is what everyone wants right this second. So in the Lord, talk to that person that's listening right now. That's saying, I hear what you're saying. That is me. Um, I'm just dealing with some of the things. How do I get free? And where does my healing start? Well, I would, I mean, it's a long journey, but I would say the first thing I call it the whispers of rest rhythm. That's my second book actually. Um, but it's about this rhythm I had to learn one. I had to hear a loving word from God mm. every day because okay. when you're having anxiety, your body, your mind, you're completely stressed out mm. and everything is just feels terrible. You need to hear a loving voice. Yeah. You need to a calming voice. And that person for us of people of faith is God. So we're not going to read the Bible to solve our problem. First, we're going to read the Bible because we need to hear his loving voice. So I started changing because prior to that, I was studying the Bible to more like learn the truths, but now I wanted to hear from God's loving yes. voice. Okay. So the second thing to do is to do something loving for your body. Because we need to let our bodies know, we need to signal to our bodies, you are okay. You are safe. You're going to be okay. And this is a journey of adventure and learning. So I had to learn that I couldn't muscle through it. Because prior to that, I was like, hey, if I set my mind to it, I'll just forget about it, ignore it, just move on and get things done. And our bodies is the last line of defense. Our body's not going to allow us to move on. So we need to take care of our bodies. So there's many different things we can do to signal our bodies to calm down. One of the key principles is that when we're stressed, we release cortisone. Mm -hmm. And that is a stress hormone. And then your heart beats fast, your blood pressure goes up, and your mind starts thinking a lot of thoughts that are very chaotic and also negative. So first thing to do is not to shame yourself. Mm. It's your body letting you know, oh my gosh, these things are bothering me. Mm -hmm. So then we have to take action. One thing to do is you need to tell somebody. So here's the interesting thing. I love this study by UCLA. They did a brain imaging study. They had people look at images of people that were experiencing sadness, fear, or anxiety. And as they're looking at these videos and photos, they hook their bodies up to biometrics. So when they're looking at these negative emotions, their blood pressure started rising, their heartbeat started accelerating, and their pupils started being dilated, they're tense. But they had them look at it again a second time, except the only difference is to name the emotion that they were seeing. Mm. And once they named it, just gave it a name, 
their bodies went back to a place of rest. Their heartbeats wow. went back to resting rate, blood pressure went down. So, so many times, unfortunately, in our faith culture, we think, I just need to praise God. I need to worship him. I don't want to talk about the negative. I don't want to dwell on it. Actually, God says, come to me, those who are weary and heavy laden, yeah. and I will give your souls rest. Notice Jesus doesn't say, come to me cheerful, come to right. me positive. No, it's the negative. He's saying, I want all of it. Don't hide your heart. So we need to have that courage just to realize, wait a minute, God loves all of me, including these things. And in fact, that's what's different between the world and us. The world says, I don't want any of your negativity. I don't want any of your issues or problems. Please stay home. <laughs> but as people of faith, we're different. We have a safety in God and we have a safety in each other. So we need to talk about it with a confidant. And that was very difficult for me because somebody whose identity has been on being strong and encouraging, I realized I didn't have anybody I felt I could just call and talk to. So it's okay for those who are listening. Maybe you're like me. Well, it's time for us to step out and find a new friend or confide, take that risk. The second step is like I was saying initially, we need to do things to help our bodies calm down. The first thing that is very, very powerful, I'm going to give three. One is journaling. Because I said, once we start naming things, it moves that emotion into the part of our brain that is analytical and it's it'll release our body from that stress. So writing it out, journaling. That's why I have journaling prompts in Sweet Like Jasmine. Those are the same prompts I did to help myself connect my emotions and let it out. The second is to take a walk. 10 minutes of walking outside lowers cortisol and increases serotonin and dopamine. Those are happy hormones more powerfully than an hour at the gym. Wow. So a gym is good for cardiovascular health, obviously for our bodies, but in terms of mental health, wellness, taking a walk, being outside, the sunshine, the trees, something about the way God created our eyes. When we look at trees, our bodies relax. Mm. So we need to do that every day. Um, I now take a walk in the morning and you don't even have to feel like it. You can feel totally grumpy and you just be like so upset. Just put on your shoes while you're being upset and then walk out that door. 10 minutes later, you're going to feel better. It's it's physiological. Mm. That's what God created us. And it's so interesting in um, Ephesians Apostle Paul calls us to walk mm. as children of light. And the third tip I want to give, which is very powerful, which I really love to do, is worship, right? Mm. Music. So apparently if you just listen to music, worshipful music and calming music and classical music, the brain will respond by releasing the serotonin and the dopamine. These are three very easy things that you can do. So with my kids now, even when they come home from school, I have uh, classical music in the background. My kids don't play classical music, but it's okay. It's just in the background. Even studies show in the background, that'll help your heart rate settle down, help your body. So there are many different things that we can do. And so that was, uh, it, it I turned it into a fun a fun new adventure. I'm like, okay, well, I never learned this. Nobody, you know, I didn't have the mom at home, right? She's right. often working. Even when she was home, she's a very negative person. I didn't have that. So I'm like, okay, it's almost like we're learning to reparent ourselves. Yeah. 
and we're helping each other as sisters. So I want to just say to our listeners, I want you to go pick up this book. The book is called Sweet Like Jasmine. And unfortunately, we did not get through all the things that Bonnie covers in the book. I feel like God really wanted us to work on that PTSD. And I really feel like that's going to bring, you know, and it, you are so true. You know, a lot of times we, we have the word of God, we have, we have worship, we have prayer. And of course, like that is my go-to a hundred percent, but it, there is my, both of my parents are Christian counselors. Um, I think they are underutilized and I am such a huge, huge fan of finding a good a counselor that can do things, uh, tell you things like your therapist told you, Bonnie, that can help you sort of wade through what you're going through. Um, and you guys today, bon Bonnie gave you several really, really great tips of someone who has overcome um, I want to focus on the fact that Bonnie has uh, overcome, not that, you know, she's perfect or anything, but, but these are things that have helped her and they're incredibly, very practical. We all can take a walk, people. We all can turn on worship music, even if you don't feel like it. Um, we all can make decisions that literally very small ones that will affect um, how we feel. So Bonnie, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, give me like 20 seconds of, of what you want to leave with the people. Remember that you're loved and you're worth the care that you long for. You're worth the care that you give so generously to others around you. And you're first priority in God's heart. You bring him delight mm. when you take care of yourself because it hurts God's heart when he sees that you are by yourself. He wants you to be loved and he wants to bring other people in your life who understand you and they, there are. So remember that you're loved and you're worth it. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, Bonnie, so much for coming on the show. God bless you. God bless your ministry and all your books and everything that you're doing. We, we, I've so loved just chatting with you for a minute. God bless all of you out there. I will see you next week for a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. To find out how you can get a copy of Gangster Prayer, Autumn's latest book, go to autumnmiles.com.